pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog. Hey, welcome to The Mindful Dog. It's the 7th of February and today we're going to be talking about how do you pick a good breeder? If you want a little puppy and you're going to spend, I don't know, somewhere between a thousand and even seven thousand dollars for a dog how do you know that you're going to a good breeder what what are the questions you should be asking them to make sure that breeder's doing the right thing for your puppy roman travers magic talk here's a question for you why have a dog if you don't like it why have a dog if you have no idea what you're doing and why have a dog that drives you nuts if you aren't willing to introduce some behavioral changes all these questions and others pop up frequently when i have darren rowe from mindfulness for dogs on the show and i do right now g'day darren how are you good morning Roman. how are you today oh, i'm absolutely flummoxed you know when you see people who genuinely obviously clearly can't stand their dog they're dragging it yanking it yelling at it what's the point well, they all start, everybody starts off loving their dog, don't they? That's the whole point of getting a dog. And then it all goes terribly wrong. Mm. And they don't seek advice or they do the wrong thing. They go on YouTube and they find some idiot that's teaching them to, I don't know, pull their dog all over the place. And uh, and then it just gets worse. And then they get to the point where they think, oh, I just don't like my dog anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so mm. all, all the best intentions at the beginning, I guess. But, uh, I can imagine, and you will be seeing this every single day with the work that you do with mindfulness for dogs, that people just get frustrated at their own inability to train a dog. Is that fair? Yeah, well, we assume that because, well, this is what I see, that we assume that because we're maybe the, the cleverer species that we should be able to do it. But they're dogs. We don't speak the same language. Mm. Um, or maybe we do, but we don't realise. But, uh, um, yeah, you, you know, you wouldn't just assume you could... Um, do something that should do a bit of work, a bit of reading, a bit of training. So. Mm. If you've got questions for Darren Rowe, if your dog's not quite fetching the paper or making that flat, flat white the way you like it, then call 0800 844 747. Darren Rowe is really good at steering you in the right direction. So where do all the problems start from, Darren? Yeah, so I would say that the majority of problems in dogs, uh, behavior-wise and medical-wise, will start from that first eight weeks of your puppy's life. And, you know, we don't have anything to do with that, do we? Because we, we pick up a dog at eight weeks. Although saying that, some people are picking their dogs up at five and six weeks, which is absolutely disgusting, mm. in my opinion. If, you, if you're looking for a dog and they say pick it up at six weeks, just run a mile, right? Yeah, okay. Definitely. Okay. Why would a breeder let a dog go so young? Is it just because, you know, they don't really care or they just think it's the right thing to do? I've got a lovely saying, it's, it's pimp my pet. So if I'm, if I'm in the, in the uh, game for money and I want to get my money back from my dog, shall we say, so I've just bought myself a, a Labrador, say for example, um, and I want to get my money back because it cost me three grand, I'm going to pimp my dog out and I'm going to sell those puppies, but I'm not going to do any research or do anything that's going to teach me what to do with those puppies to give them a good life, okay. or a good start to life. And, and I see that way too often, unfortunately. Okay. All right. So let's presume that somebody who hasn't got a dog yet, they've decided on the breed that they want, and it will be a giant schnauzer because aren't they a brilliant looking dog? Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so let's say, for example, there were 10 breeders of giant schnauzers in New Zealand. How do you know which one to go to? It's a really hard one because, um, I mean, I, I was just doing a little scan on um, if I can, uh, you know, like trade me that kind of thing. And the wording that people use, uh, you've got to be really careful of. So, um, when you say pure breed, mm. yeah, unless it's got a pedigree and you've got that pedigree either in the kennel club or you've got it on paper, it's not you can't guarantee it's pure breed. Just because they say the father's a pure breed and the mum is doesn't mean doesn't mean anything unless you've got the papers to prove it, okay? And and those people are charging you more sometimes than the actual um, kennels that are registered with 
proper pedigrees. Okay. So so that's that's the first thing. Pure breed means nothing unless you can prove it. Same as any science, isn't it? Really. Yeah. Um, and also then, you know, what what are they actually doing with their puppies? If they're in a um, a small little tub in the corner there, and they're not interacting with anything, then you're just setting yourself up for so many behavioural issues. You mm. really are. Okay. You've got to, you've got to find out. Yeah, I've got more. I've got more questions to follow up with on that. But the number is oh eight hundred eight four four seven four seven. This is your chance to get free advice from one of New Zealand's much loved dog behavioural change type people, Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. So, uh, in this whole world of fake everything, fake you know body parts, fake news, how do you know <laughs> that the authentication you're looking at is authentic? Yeah, so so there's some. It's pretty pretty standard actually. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, apologies. Uh, I just take um, Twinkle and Star for example. Uh, our, our breeder in um, Pentaronda um, Border Collies in uh, in Hamilton. There, um, we were allowed to go and see the mum and dad. In fact, she did a special thing where um, dad actually didn't live with them, but they came down to to see us. So we saw mum and dad. We we then got their pedigree names, and I checked them out on the um, Dogs NZ, which is a kennel club, New Zealand kennel club, and and they were there, and I could then look at. Um, mum's pedigree, dad's pedigree, granddad's, great-granddad's, and I could see all the way down the line and see if those dogs had won competitions. And if a dog wins a competition, a show breed competition, it means the confirmation of the dog is, is really, really good, right? Mm. Um, and that's what you're looking for because that means you're not likely to get illnesses within that breed. And there are so many illnesses that the, the um, respectable breeders are trying to breed out of the dogs. Um, you don't want to pick a dog from a breeder that doesn't have any idea about that sort of stuff because those those illnesses are probably going to be there. Yeah, no, that's Breaking a really fair in. point. We've talked before. By the way, feel free to jump in here and break up the conversation with your mm-hmm. question on 0800 844 747. Some of the breeds that people love the most mm. do come with well-known hereditary issues like, like hip dysplasia or whatever it might be yeah. with a Labrador. <clears throat> are some breeders breeding that out or is that something you really just can't breed out of those breeds? Well, you can. You can you can do selective breeding. So so one of the things um, that the Victorians put in um, was this whole selective breeding of dogs. And that's why we've got the breeds that we've got nowadays. But um, if I've got a dog that has hip dysplasia and I'm a breeder, then I, I've got a, a, an obligation to not breed from that dog mm. because I'm just perpetuating that potential to have hip dysplasia going through. And if I'm a recognised and a responsible breeder, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And, and, and if you think about it, that's that's money now. I can't earn. I can't earn off that dog, right? But a you know a recognised professional breeder won't use that dog because it's not actually helping the line, not helping the dogs mm. breed. And that's the difference between am I making money or as a business, or am I actually trying to make that breed a better breed? Okay. Yeah. You've got notes here around looking for the name of the sire and the dam, like knowing where yeah. the breeder's progeny has come from originally. Yeah. So are New Zealand breeders good at bringing in male dogs from overseas to do the breeding, or are we getting a little bit too inbred? Um, so so there's actually no excuse for that, because a lot of um, breeders will bring in sperm and semen um, from the States and from Australia and from the UK. So yes, there is a small gene pool in New Zealand, um, but that's getting better because we're bringing in all that sort of um, exported semen from, from around the world. Okay. So yeah, that's not, right. not much of an issue really. All right, you can text <laughs> 3920 with your questions. The phone number to call through until about half past nine, 0800 Chris has texted in a question for Darren. We've got a two-year-old hunter collie cross. It barks at anything and anyone walking past the front yard, the front gate. Otherwise, it's a very friendly dog. What can we do to stop the barking at people walking past, says Chris. Right, so so Hunterway Collie Cross, it's a barker, right? 
Mm. If you wanted a dog that wasn't a barker, then you probably should have gone for a different breed. But that being said, you've got that dog now. Um, think about what's making it bark. It's um, people walking past. Don't give it access to that. Put the dog in the back garden. Give it a pen. Give it a, a proper kennel. It's not going to see them. It's not going to bark. Yeah, okay, simple, yeah. simple thing. Trying to stop a hunter away stopping barking. Yeah, why? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what it's paid for. Do you know what? Just on that, it reminds me, last weekend we were interviewing John Gordon from a dog show. We found him down in Deep Southland. Hunterways, when you're training a hunterway, I think it's with every step or every other step forward. It's the boom. They have, they, they're trying yeah, yeah. to do that, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, I went on a course. Um, uh, I can't remember the guy's name now, but he was um, he had hunterways there and he was sort of training it. And yeah, it is, literally. And, and they've got to stand up on it. So they've got to stand and bark at mm. the sheep, not at you. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real clever one. <laughs> All right. So just on that, before we race off to the break, if you're looking for a breed of dog, apart from the Welsh Border Collie, that's trained really not to bark, what would you go for? That's trained not to bark? Well, um, any dog is not a working dog, I would say, um, or a guard dog um, by nature. Certainly won't have that potential to be a barker all the time. But again, you remember you've got the different types of barking, so any dog can bark, um, especially if you start to allow that demand behavior so the poodle is the one where they claw at you that kind of thing mm. and then they bark at you so if you let that behavior happen then any dog's going to bark no okay. matter how quiet they potentially are oh, i learn something every <laughs> single time if you've got a question for darren Rowe, this is the time to ask it you won't be charged it's absolutely free as is the phone call roman travers magic talk but when it comes to dogs there's no one else in the world that i know of who knows dogs like darren Rowe from mindfulness for dogs the number to call 0800 844 747 now the welsh border collie I don't want to be harsh on them, but man, have they been trained not to bark, but they can bark, can't they? Yeah, definitely. Mine do. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who listen to me. Um, they're not naturally a barking dog, no. They, they, they might bark to alert, which mm. is, uh, um, you hear like a three barks. I call it the whoa-whoa bark. <laughs> so mm. you get these three barks. But they're not um, generally a barking dog, definitely. They're not a guard dog. Um, whereas if you look at the shepherd, the German shepherd, they're a, a herding, guarding dog, so they're more likely to bark when they sort of see something. But but any anxious dog, if a dog's um, got an anxious life, then it's likely to bark. And, and again, that brings us back to that first eight weeks. If they're not exposed to the right things in the right way and, and have a, a really happy, stress-less life, if that makes sense, or relaxed yeah. life, then they're going to be more anxious. And, and you're going to pick that dog up and, and you're going to inherit all sorts of problems that really you there's very little you can do about you can manage it but it's a really hard one um i picked up a um, a client with a cavoodle and it's quite a quite an interesting dog a cavoodle because it's a cavalier and a poodle cross mm-hmm. and i've trained a few now and they've been so anxious so scared and so fearful and and then i went when i was looking on the trade me today they were like five grand six grand seven grand for a, for a cavoodle um, oh, and I, I was that. just quite shocked. <laughs> yeah, and no, I don't understand that at all. I really I mean, was. You know, seven or eight grand, you could buy yourself a 1980s Land Rover. Why would know, you want to buy a car? Oh, I know. It's a car, isn't it? Yeah. 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 All right. But the- Let's get to the calls. 0800 844 747 is the number here. And it's a very good morning to Dave. G'day, Dave. G'day, how are you? Yeah, good. Morning, Dave. Good. Hey, um, I've got a, um, an English bulldog. He's five years old. And he, yep. and we're looking to get a kitten for my daughter and uh, my bulldog he's into everything he'll eat chicken he'll eat guinea pigs Um, is it something you can train out of him 
It is, but I would be probably seriously thinking about whether a kitten is the right choice if you know that your dog has a really yeah. high predator prey drive. Um, the, the, the thing I yeah. would just, just really, because I wouldn't want that kitten to get hurt, but the way that you can yeah. sort of begin to do that would be to go back to crate training your dog so that your dog sees the kitten when it's in a crate. But I think at five, yeah. if he's already sort of got that drive anyway, you might be struggling there. Yeah, you yeah. might need to separate the two. Um, yeah, hard yeah. call that one, I would say. But yes, you can do, but I would certainly it, seek it, some it, professional advice. Yeah, is it just part of their nature? Is it it's just the way they are? Um, again, uh, I mean, I, I know... Behavior. Yeah, I know bulldogs that just don't... They're just not bothered, um, and then some that are. Again, it's what they're exposed to when they were younger. If they were allowed to chase and, and to catch when they were younger, then that will become a behaviour that they've learned. Jeez. And of course, it's in the breed anyway, isn't it? So Yeah, does I um, can... I mean, I was a great big fan of guinea pigs when I was at Wadestown Side School in Wellington. I couldn't imagine... The distress of seeing a guinea pig being consumed by the other thing you love, your dog. G'day, mm. Mandy. Mandy, good morning. Hello, how are you? Hi, Mandy. Hi there. Look, I wonder if you can help me regarding my five-month-old Labrador puppy. She, when she gets too excited, she lunges at me and bites <laughs> me. And I've tried everything to stop it and... I've yelped, you know, like like a yeah. dog. I've stood still, but she will always lunge and basically grab hold of my arm. And um, she has, you know, bitten through my skin a few mm. times. Yeah, that's terrible. Um, not not intentionally biting. No, that's just the first thing that. Not they at use. all. She's she's yeah. just getting too excited. Yeah. But I, I so, just will she grow out of it? Well, it's understanding what the behaviour is. So if you see a, a younger dog, like a five-month-old, playing yep. with, or, or, or meeting an older dog, they will jump on them and try and grab them. And, and most yep. of the older dogs, they just totally ignore it. They don't tell them off. They just literally yep. ignore yep. it. Yep. And you'll find over a space, I've got a big Irish setter and, and obviously two border collie puppies, and they've done the same. And over maybe a couple of weeks, you'll find that because they're ignoring, and I mean completely ignoring, they, they, their head goes up, they don't even look into the eyes. They don't bark, they don't do anything. You'll find that behaviour just disappears on its own right when we interact with a puppy when they're jumping up and tell them off and and yelp and always going yeah, she hates actually... being told off too oh, I tell well, her off she barks yeah, back at me I'm, I'm the same yeah well, well that's yeah. how that demand barking starts but when <laughs> when the dog jumps up on you and all those kind of things if you totally ignore them and that's eye contact touching treating yeah. praising right then you're giving no value to that behaviour dogs aren't silly yeah. as soon as they sit yeah, back no, down or give them a treat right. that's what we've been doing so she yeah. will just, just like keep doing it out. keep doing or it yep yeah, just takes a bit of time remember her brain's still very young so it might take a bit of time for that to yeah. and I've been she's been she's gone to doggy daycare twice to socialize with other dogs and apparently mm. she's very good there yeah just be careful of, uh, I, I love doggy daycares but um mm-hmm. you might find that behavior gets a bit worse um before it gets uh, better because okay, remember because this time it's settled but the second time it's still the same so, okay. yeah because because they're, they're allowed to jump they're allowed to jump on the dogs you see at doggy daycare and play ah. so it's a normal sort of behavior you think to i do, should so. stop doggy daycare just for um, a little while i mean that's a call that you you might do if you see that yeah. it's getting too bad um mm. just just being aware that that behavior might get a bit worse because they're at daycare yeah. hey mandy i'm very intrigued by your description of yelping like a dog can you give me mm. an example of how you do that <laughs> i i go oh. Oh, yeah, okay. that, that. oh right. well, that's actually good. But good luck with that. There's nothing worse than a dog that um, makes you want to behave like one yourself. Glennis, have you got a giant schnauzer by chance, Glennis? No, I haven't. Ah. One day, one day, Roman's going to happen. Hmm. <laughs> I think she got a Maltese cross Bichon who was attacked when he was like six months old by a German Shepherd cross. Oh. Now, 
luckily enough, we got away without much damage. But he now barks, barks, barks. Whenever he sees another dog, it doesn't matter how mm. big, how small, whatever. He just hates them. And yeah, so- we can't stop it. We can't get that out of it. He won't socialise at all. Okay, so um, that's if you think about if you think about that, that's a, that's a trauma. So your dog's going through trauma, so it's attacked, especially at this that that sort of age. It's quite ingrained, and he's now scared of every dog because that dog might. Well, you could say scared. So so he sees another dog. He thinks that that dog's likely to attack him, so he's going to bark at them and scare them off, right? Because he's go in a fear in a fear state, I guess. So that's why he's barking. Obviously, um, most big dogs don't really care about the little dogs barking. And that's what we get. The, the only way you can really get through that is a, a process called desensitization. And you probably need to get some advice on that because the timing is quite important. But essentially, you're you're going to be feeding your dog whilst they see those big dogs. And, and they might carry on barking and they might not take the food. And that's why you need some help. But um, giving the dog something positive when they're seeing something negative, they start to reassociate whatever they're seeing with something positive. If that makes sense. But it takes a long time. Mm. But definitely, definitely mm. find it. If you, if, you, if, you, if you can't find a dog training area wherever you are, then just drop me an email and I can help you out with that one. But definitely get some advice on that because it doesn't go away. It gets worse. Oh, it does. He, yeah. He's actually not too bad if um, he's on a lead um, and oh, okay. we're sitting talking to people in amongst crowds. But as soon as that dog approaches, he yeah. starts to growl yeah. and like say, <clears throat> keep away from me, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. So we was, normally I mean, just make... take him away. Kind of makes sense. He was being, he's been attacked, so he doesn't want that dog anywhere near him. But again, mm. it's just because he's, he's sort of a like very negative um, association with dogs. But Good to hear from you, Glennis. The thing too, Darren, is that often people want to treat their dog like a person. It's a dog. It's an animal. Let it be a dog. You know, they'll work things out yeah. eventually. And I guess sometimes it doesn't always turn out to be the case if it turns into a proper big full-on brawl. But you know what I mean? Yeah. You walk down the main road of Wellington or Auckland or Dunedin and people pick up their dogs like it's a baby and they want to... Oh, it's <laughs> the, the problem is people don't know what a dog's meant to be. So right. uh, when we say let it be a dog, they actually have no reference for that. Okay, <laughs> so, that's fair enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they only think of it as a human. That's, that's my take anyway. <laughs> All right. Alex is texting on 3920. You've still got time to call 0800 844 747 to talk with Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. Is it fair or right to get another dog when the one you've got is fiercely defensive and protective. She's seven, she's a Shih Tzu Maltese cross, and I'm thinking ahead when the awful day comes. But would it be worth the aggravation and discontent for the current dog who's very happy and an only child? Do you see what I mean? It's not a child! It's a yeah, dog. no. Oh, my God. Um, oh, that's, a, that's a really tough one because in a perfect world, you've got a, a perfect seven-year-old and then you've got that wonderful role model to bring your puppy into to learn all the right behaviours. But if you've got um, a, a not-so-well-behaved seven-year-old who's, by the sounds of it, a bit of a resource guarder of people, then your puppy's going to learn that. So not only are you bringing a puppy into the world and teaching it the wrong things, it's actually going to be quite a dangerous thing to do. Yeah. So I would probably say, unless you're going to invest in doing the training to to kind of correct those behaviours in your older dog, I wouldn't. I would wait until your older dog is uh, passed over to the Rainbow Bridge and bring another puppy in and start from scratch. Then, yeah, that would be my choice. All right, Janine has texted, and here's a real perennial hot kumara that never goes away. G'day, good morning. Our eight-month-old rescue puppy is really exuberant and keeps jumping up on us. Usually when we arrive home, but also when we're out and about. How can I calm him down a wee bit, please? Says Janine. So, so with a rescue dog, I guess um, they just want attention. So that's again, that's all it is—just attention. Um, don't 
do loads and loads of exercise because that's going to actually hurt their bones and stuff like that. So you can't tire a dog out, but you've got to get their brain um, involved. So give them something else to do. Teach them a down. That's the, that's the first thing I do is teach a dog a down. And every time I jump up, you give them that command for a down or you ignore them if you've got that time. But if they're, if they're a bigger dog and they're jumping up on people, then give them that down command. Give them an alternative behaviour and they'll do it. They just want a job. That's all they want to do. Darren, i tell you what. Here's my uh, two cents worth, which is probably worth about you know nothing. <laughs> The confusion comes because you've got people like John Budge, executive producer, who overly loves his dog. You know, he wants to, to jump up and he wants to cuddle, and then someone else is saying, "Get down, you filthy little poor thing." So they get mixed messaging within they the do. same family, don't they? Yeah, they do, and it's, and it's our job then to to make sure that they know when they should do something and when they shouldn't. My, my golden rule is if you don't want a dog to jump up, then it doesn't jump up on anybody. And that's whether it's the children, whether it's the, the mum, the dad. As soon as someone does something different and is not consistent, then again, like you say, you've got that confusion, haven't you? And it's not the dog's fault then, is it? Mm. No different to children in that regard. Yeah. You know, when yeah. I used to get home, my girls would come running out, Dad's home! And then they turn into teenagers and they go, <laughs> So in that regard... How do you, and going back to the mixed messaging within the same family, someone who loves the dog to jump up, someone who doesn't, do dogs get confused? I mean, how do they work out who's the real boss? Oh, well, it doesn't really matter who's the real boss, in my opinion. Um, it's the dog should really work for everyone in the family in the same way. But um, I quite like to do, um, not too early on, so not too early as a puppy, but we do marker training where we use a, we associate a word or a clicker um, with something really positive. So um, if I say the word yes to my dogs, they know they've done something right. Mm. So whenever they're doing something I like, I just go, yes, good dog, yeah? Mm. And, and that very clearly gives them... Um, a structure of what I like and what I don't like. So my dogs will come to me and they'll offer all these behaviours because they know I like it. It may not be the ones I want, but they'll, they'll come running up to me and they'll lie down because they know I like that. They'll roll on their belly because they know I like that. Yeah. Um, and I've just marked those words. So if, you, if you're struggling to, to communicate with your dog clearly, look up marker training or just give me a ring or give me a, a, an email. Mm. Yeah, that's really good advice, isn't it? And the other thing I think for everyone with dogs to remember, and I'm saying this out of personal experience recently, don't pretend that everybody in your vista loves dogs or loves your dog. It's your dog. Yeah. Control it. Not everybody loves them, so just remember yeah. that. If you want the best advice in the world, you get it from Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. And how do people find you outside so, of the Sunday Cafe? Yeah, so you can find me on my website. It's just mindfulnessfordogs.com or .co.nz. And um, you can email me on mindfulnessfordogs at gmail.com, just that number four in the Mindfulness for Dogs. Yeah, good on you, Darren. One day we'll actually catch up in Cambridge and have a coffee or something. Yeah, definitely. You're welcome yeah. anytime, Roman. Oh, thank you. Always good to catch up with you. you can, Darren Roby. Huh? <clears throat> so you can bring that dog that's in your studio at the moment. <laughs> oh, no, I wouldn't be allowed to bring John's dog. John's dog is John's dog. No one else can. Yeah. I'll get one one day. Darren Rowe there. You've been listening to Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog, giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.